Bonjour, bonjour. Hey, welcome to the Buck and Bernie Show. How are you doing, Bernie? I am very good, I gotta tell you. You know, I like the rain. And we've been having those monsoons. Over. Been, we were at your house the other day. And right. I mean, it was major monsoon over there, but it was not really raining here. Such a big difference between La Salle and in that area, the La Salle Mountain, La Salle, uh, where you live, compared to over here in, um, in Moab. I arrived over here, it was... 90 degrees out of your house it was uh what 58 degrees something like yeah, this yeah 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 we've been getting lots of rain this year which is nice yeah it was really cool that you took me mushrooming yes oh man that was unbelievable yep we hit the hit the mountain yep yeah got up there I, and i told you we had to be up there early beat the rain and we did. Yeah, we, I mean, uh, the thing was, who kind of bugged me, and I think it was the same for you, is to see a family of four going toward Montpelier, and then it's like, you know, you have those two major thunderstorms coming in, but hopefully everybody was safe. But in the meantime, what we found was some beautiful saps. Yes. Uh, you know, Porcinese is a different breed, but we have a specialist over here today. We're a friend of ours from uh, Telluride. Don't hold, don't hold that against me, please. <laughs> no, we're not. Absolutely. Uh, yes, Chef Chad from uh, Telluride, the Cosmos restaurant over there. He's chef owner. And I was in your restaurant. I heard, and I'm upset that you didn't tell me you were there. Well, you weren't there. I'm okay. never there at night. I'm <laughs> R- a daytime right, guy. Right. I'm 63 and years I, old. <laughs> I meant to come by the next day. I was, yeah. was going to say, well, I got, I got to swing by and see Chad because I figured you'd be there. And I'm sorry I didn't make it. Next time. Had an exquisite dinner there. Oh, thank it you. Was, yeah. But r- right now, apparently, you're going to find him in the morning anyway because, you know, he's having his coffee, he takes his dog, and then kaboom, hits the mountain. So, so it's, it's really nice to talk to Chad because, you know, he's really, a, uh, I would say, an aficionado when it comes to mushrooms. And, you know, I, I call him and he goes, well, you need to get the altometers. And I go, Why? Because, because when the altitude is a certain level, it's going to tell us right now, uh, this is where you get the best mushrooms. I didn't really know that because in Brittany, you just walk in the wood and you get your porcinis. So tell us a bit about what is necessary if you want to find, let's say, porcinis or chanterelles. Because they, they're all very different. Let's start with porcinis. You have porcinis, you have seps, you have, you have so many different aspens, brown cap. Tell what? us about it. Well, the, the the aspen orange cap, which is also a queen bolete, which is they're all bolets, and there's 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 hundreds of different bolets, especially if you travel worldwide. And as you travel worldwide, um, I've I've picked in Italy and I've picked all over. The 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 porcini or the chanterelle will grow at different elevations because they're slightly different species. So, for instance, I have a fiance who lives in Baton Rouge. They grow at sea level there, but here, and I don't know Moab like I know lizard head or the dunton area which is where i pick um they only grow at ten thousand feet or higher so i know that when i go ten thousand or feet lower i'm going to run into the aspen orange caps which you're calling a sap um and so that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for the uh, the, the king bolites or the uh porcinis but uh, but you sent me a picture or so of a of a of a mushroom with, with fingers something oh, they just, like purple yeah. they're I, I I never heard about those things. So to tell us about it. tell us about what you find and what you have found and and you got a lot of rain in uh, in the area where you live and apparently that that makes it very interesting when it comes to you do telling me that you add a lot of the seps 
and the uh, and the porcinis had a lot of worms these days uh, compared to last year. So tell us about that stuff. Well, so the, the, the worm, which is associated with the fly, which is associated with the reproduction, is a natural occurrence inside a porcini. But last year, there weren't a lot of flies. There weren't a lot of insects. And because there weren't a lot of flies and there weren't a lot of insects, the porcinis were worm-free, almost worm-free, 90% worm-free. I, I, I noticed that here last and then, year. And then this year, the, this year. the insects are back. And so now the the wormy the worminess inside the mushroom is also back. So, and so that has to do with the amount of rain. There's oh, I can't I can't speak for what, what I'm, I'm not I'm not an insect expert. All I know is when you see a lot of flies and, and insects, that means a couple things. One, it's it's mushroom season, but also if there's a lot, there's going to be a lot in the porcini. But in the chanterelle, zero, not ever will you find a worm in a chanterelle. And there's quite a few other mushrooms, like for instance the hawkwing that you noticed. They that they they can be full of worms. So that's a purple but one, the hot wings. That was the one with the thorns on top. It's actually called the hidden them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's con- so mushrooms have t- almost always two different names. If mm-hmm. you buy a, a book, for instance, <clears throat> I picked with Gary Linkoff, who wrote the Audubon book, and I've picked with Andrew Weil, and I've picked with a lot of these. When they come to the Telluride Mushroom Festival, I used to b- work with the festival, and so I got to pick with the actual authors of those books, and that's where my knowledge comes from. All right, everybody, you're on KZMU. Uh, We are live today, so you can give us a call at 435-259-5968, and you're on the Buck and Bernie Show, and we are talking mushrooms. Yes. We do get the hot queen up here. I saw that. Uh, I seen it last year. I haven't seen any this year yet. I don't know if they come on later or... They're here. They're here now. They're They're starting to happen, and a lot of people don't know that they're edible and not only are they edible but there are different ways to cook it and 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 often they can be sometimes can be bitter and so this is one of those mushrooms where if you know how to cook them they can be really really tasty and in the case of the hawkwing a lot of people will um, use them in a tomato sauce so the bitterness goes away or and other people will slice them and blanch them in milk once or twice and then saute them in butter and the bitterness is gone and it's a delicious mushroom there is there you know in, our, in my area we have these posters it's the san juan mushroom poster and we have at least about 25 really good edibles that grow in our area and most people only know the chanterelle and porcini but it's really more fun to know more than just the the right. chanterelle and the porcini yeah and there are certain types of mushrooms that have to be cooked right to be edible well that i can't speak yeah. to i know that the amanita mascara at, at the you know the, the the red with the white dots that i'm sure you've seen is the telltale right. mushroom for porcinis and chanterelles so when you see the amanita mascara which on its own it can make you very very ill and you should not eat them but at the festival they do teach you how you can kill the toxins on that as well and the, and the festival mind-altering mushrooms are also or recreational mushrooms are Let's just say that they, they, they talk a lot about it, and <laughs> and they tell you how to do it without getting ill, and that that's another mushroom either dehydrated or blanched can be eaten. So are you talking about the high mushroom make make you high, or the the mushroom that you you harvest at very high altitude, or is it a bit of both mixed together? All of the above. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see. Uh huh. Well, the psychedelic <laughs> mushroom is kind of making a comeback. Yeah. Because of the legality of it, yeah, yeah. They, now they don't grow naturally in, in our elevation. They grow in people's greenhouses or in their house or in their. They culture them because that's naturally grows at, at a much much lower elevation. So there is one one mushroom that grows over here on the side of a tree, which is the uh, aspen oyster mushrooms, uh, and uh, those are really really good. They have that 
no point in time, a little bit of that woody, sweet, nutty flavor. Those are really, really good as well. So people are interested in like when, which mushrooms are available. Say. So the morel, which is highly prized, and um, um, I'm not a morel picker because I, I think I just haven't had a, enough experience picking morels, but a lot of my friends are avid morel prickers and they're incredibly secretive about where they pick. Um, and one of the areas they do love to pick is after a burn, uh, after there's been a forest fire, uh, morels naturally come out. I have a really good friend of mine, um, Terry, who uh, used to own uh, Telluride Outside, and now he, all he does is travel the world picking morels. That's all he does. He's retired, and he just picks morels. And that is a spring mushroom. Naturally, comes out in the spring. Um, and then r- the rest of the mushrooms in general, it's right now. They're coming up right now. And they'll come up, and they'll stay up. Um, as long as the weather cooperates until there's a hard freeze. And once there's a hard freeze, like, you know, below 28 degrees, that's the end of the season for yeah. most mushrooms. The, the, um, I have friends of mine, actually, who were uh, in, um, above Geyser Peak. So I guess this is where you go toward uh, Dark uh, Lake, Dark Canyon Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way to that burn, uh, there's, a, there's quite a bit of burn as you go over there. And they found actually some morels now, which was really, really a big surprise because it's, you're not supposed to find that. But yes, they found some morels. So, yes. but the thing is, Broke. when you are when you go f- hunting for morel, you you don't hunt for morels. When you go uh, um, uh, search for morels and and you gather those morels in the burn area, what's really cool about it is that morel has a smoky flavor, light smoky flavor, which is really very, very uh, different than a morel who is growing in another area which is no burn. As well as the burn morel, and they actually are, if you buy morels commercially, it, they'll sell it as a burn morel. They, a normal morel can come with worms. Oh, um, yeah. And a, burn, oh, yeah. and a burn morel, no worms. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a bit of like cooking mushrooms. Um, I did a dinner... Um, that was last spring at the Little Nell, and uh, Matt Zubrov is a really good friend of mine. He is executive chef there, and we had some uh, uh, visiting chef, and they cooked it onto a um, Japanese barbecue. You know those really really high heat, and it was really interesting because the the morel itself, when you broil them, they didn't shrink at all. They really had that beautiful roasting flavor. And uh, just a little bit of salt and pepper and, and a bit of spice, and that was it. So that's really g- a great way to do it. So do morels, they, do they even take much cooking? Or? No, I, I mean, I, no. They, they cook incredibly quick, and, and, and no, they don't need a lot of cooking. They really don't. So All right, so when you are, let, let's talk about, about cleaning mushrooms. You cannot wash mushrooms. If you wash mushrooms, you have to you have to brush mushrooms as much as possible. If you start washing mushrooms, your mushroom is going to be like a sponge, so it's going to absorb a lot of water. You'll be able to clean it maybe a little bit, but when you cook it, then it becomes mush. So, what do you guys recommend when you are, let's say, cleaning? Let, let, let's say, let's say cleaning porcini mushroom. It's pretty easy, but what would you recommend for a porcini mushroom? How do you clean it, and a great way to cook it? Great. The porcini mushroom is a much easier mushroom to clean than a chanterelle. A chanterelle is more tedious because it, the, the pine needles get stuck inside the, um, the mushroom. But I think what, what's most, well, there's several things, but the most important thing is that you clean your mushrooms in the field. That's number one. It will save you so much time 
if you simply clean them out in the field. There is also the um, conversation, which I'm no expert, that cleaning in the field also helps spread the spores. I, I'm, again, I'm not a mycologist, yes. but that goes on and on and on about cleaning in the field. It's so important because your hike back to your car and the drive from your car back to your house, all that dirt and all those pine needles get impregnated into the mushroom. And so it may seem like a pain to do it out in the field do it out in the field. That's number one. And the, with the chanterelles, I have, and I, I try to teach everybody, I have a bunch of them in my car, um, knife, pa- small pairing knives, your favorite pairing knife. You get that, and it's going in one direction, so the blade is on the right side. And then go to the hardware store and pick up a small, very small paintbrush or uh, the paint sponges. Put it on the other direction and put duct tape around it. Now you hold it, you clean, you brush, clean, brush, clean, brush, clean, brush. And so I can pull in 30, 35 pounds in a day with that technique by myself. And, and, and that's, that's one way to get them clean. Now, there's still going to be pine needles when you get home. That's the next step. The pine needles, and especially in the chanterelle, you want to put your chanterelles like about two cups into a fry basket, put it over your sink and shake. Pine needles come right through the fry basket. And then if you still feel like, and I think this is a personal preference, you need to put a little bit of water to it, which is not the right thing to do. But if you feel like in a restaurant scene where you probably should give it a light rinse, your sprayer from that sink, when you spray your your dirty dishes, ice cold water, shake it, lightly spray it, then immediately spread them out on sheet pans so that they can dry from being sprayed. And then that is the perfect way to clean a chanterelle. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as far as portinis are concerned, I, I, I mean, you can simply just brush it and you're done. But you want to use your paring knife to get the dirt off the, the stem, the very bottom stem that was in the ground. Um, I have a really big ticket item that I think I've told you about with porcini. And uh, some people call them, you know, king bolitas, whatever you want to call these, these bolitas, the king bolitas. A lot of people, I would say 99% of the people that I know that pick these mushrooms, when they see it's a polypore, which means that there's a foam on the underside of the cap, that is how it, that's how it spreads its spores for the following year, that those spores then go to the mycelium, and the next year that fruits the plant. The plant is the mycelium, the mushroom is the berry, the fruit of the plant, is that you that foam, and I, I'm out on the field all the time, and I see big piles of foam all over the place where people have cleaned their mushroom. Grab it. It tastes better than the mushroom, and I'll tell you what you do with it. You grab it, you dehydrate it, get it hard as a rock, blend it with some salt. That powder, which we used on a dinner, you spread that powder on a plate and dip your steak into it, or you spread it over your popcorn, or you spread what it is to it, or just use it for um, a vegetarian base for your soups or your sauces. That foam has, in my opinion, more flavor than the meat of the mushroom. It's very good. I, yeah, I, I, I tasted it. It was it's really, really unbelievable. Everybody, you're on KZMU with the Buck and Bernie show, and we are live. So give us a call if you have any questions, 435-259-5968. I just received a question on my computer right now, and uh, there's a gentleman who is asking me, and I mean, I, I know about it but uh, because we get it in France, but what is a hedgehog mushroom, and where do you find it? So hedgehog mushroom, again, there's always two names for every mushroom, the Latin name and then the common name. A hedgehog is the common name for, for instance, the hawkwing is often called the hedgehog because it's in the hidden family. Um, But there's also another mushroom that you and I were just talking about. I found one only. They're they're hard to find around here, in my opinion, but I buy them commercially for the restaurant. And, And they're the same color as the chanterelle. 
But the difference is it has a cap, and then there's a million needles underneath the cap, and that's where it gets its name, Hedgehog. And they're a delicacy. They're fantastic. They're delicious. They're as good or better than a chanterelle. So when I was uh, in my restaurant in San Diego, we were working with lobster mushrooms. Can you tell me about lobster mushrooms? I mean, I know about it because it's a beautiful orange dance. But uh, what are your thoughts about that mushroom? So the lobster mushroom on its own is actually two mushrooms that have grown together. They're not, it's not one species. It's two mushrooms that have grown together. And the one mushroom that gives it its lobster flavor and its red color is the shrimp rusula or the crustacean rusula, which grows in abundance here. And you see them all over the place. However, Unless you know what you're doing, be careful with that mushroom because there is a toxic lookalike, then they grow side by side. And how you identify them is a little bit strange. But one of the ways you identify the toxic from the, from the, from the shrimp rusula, they both, they're both red, um, is the toxic one often has a bit of a red tinge on its stem. And then the, um, the shrimp rusula, if you, if, you, if you touch it, it will bruise. But the other thing you can do, and I don't recommend this, but that it works, is you take a tiny bit off the cap and put it in your mouth. If it tastes like jalapeno, that's not the one you want. That's the one that... Ha- Funny story about that mushroom, though, you laugh, is that dehydration kills the toxins. And at the mushroom festival, they're using that rusula, which is normally toxic. They dehydrate it, turn it to a powder, and they use it for pepper and food. And it's tasty. I just got a new question from Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie, for sending that question. Uh, how do we... How, how are you able to... Uh, keep your mushroom fresh when you have just harvested. So, for example, if you harvest 10 pounds of, uh, of uh, you know, orange cap, for example, how would you be able to keep them fresh? Can you keep them fresh or can you freeze it? So that was the question. So, um, so for instance, with, the, with uh, there's different ways for different mushrooms. The, the chanterelle, for instance, and this is huge for the listeners who like to pick chanterelles, never, ever, ever, ever freeze a fresh chanterelle. It turns bitter. It's terrible. If you want to freeze your chanterelles, cook them first. They freeze beautifully. They're wonderful. They don't dehydrate well either because when they come back, they're chewy like leather. So if you were to dehydrate some chanterelles, turn it into a powder and use it in that manner because that way it's not so chewy. In For the porcini and all mushrooms, when you're picking, you never, ever, ever use a plastic bag, ever. It's always a paper bag or better yet, a basket. Mm-hmm. I have a mushroom basket yep. that fits on my back and that's how I transport my mushrooms. You don't want to ever put them in a plastic bag because they'll steam and they'll turn to mush. And that is another, and also that'll impregnate any type of pine needles that are in there. If they're free and moving around in a basket, those pine needles aren't going to impregnate into the mushroom. Um, for for porcinis, though, they you can cook and freeze them. You can just freeze them. And the thing that I do regularly is I dehydrate. I love dehydrated porcinis quite frankly, almost more than I like fresh porcinis, because when you dehydrate them, they get a stronger true porcini flavor. flavor that i just love and that's sometimes especially in a rainy year the porcini uh, fresh just sauteed quickly it doesn't have an incredibly distinctive flavor but when you've dehydrated it another ticket with dehydration this is a thing because i pull in about a thousand pounds of porcini every year as we, we we're serious about dehydrating and dehydrators are just they they're too slow they're way too slow and so i, I threw all my por- dehydrators away I, I slice my, my, my porcini, I salt them, I leave the foam on, and um, I know a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy for leaving the foam on, but it really has a lot of flavor. And I lightly salt them, I put them on racks 
on sheet pans in a 200 to 225 degree convection oven and I go to bed. I wake up in the morning, they're hard and they're good to go. Have, mm. have you ever uh, messed, have you ever tried uh, freeze drying? Have you ever? I, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious because I've been interested in uh, getting a freeze dryer. Yeah. No, I've, I've I've never a, I think that would be a very interesting technique. I I never tried it. I, I never but like tried you, either. I like uh, like the porcini powder is just wonderful. I mean, make pasta with porcini powder is like oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and the thing is with porcinis, especially you're like this year, if you get some really nice what I call bouchons, which are the smaller, small, small that's the shape of a champagne cork. So that mm-hmm. when you buy them commercially, they often call them bouchons. Even a bouchon, which is a very small porcini, will eventually become wormy. So mm-hmm. r- put it in your refrigerator and forget about it for a couple of days, and you're going to have thrown it away because the worms t- attacked it. And so for me, it's like just go ahead and dehydrate them the day you pick them. Yeah, That's you, what I do. In one word, you have to. Pr- you, the best is to process it within 24 hours. Right. That's what I would recommend. So I was go. told by someone just recently, and you're a good person. Ask. They said that. If you get a wormy mushroom, you can put it in salt water, and the worms will come out. Is, have you ever heard of that? or is that I've heard about that from morels. Um, from morels? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'll take that one step further from the mushroom festival, and the argument is, what's so wrong with eating a worm? Well, that's <laughs> true, too. I mean, <laughs> and that's, that, that was another thing I was interested in. Extra protein. I mean, like we, if we can eat a cow, why can't we eat a worm? Right. And then if you freeze-dried it, like a... You know, freeze drying would you'll instantly kill the worm, kill and the worm, yeah, and it would right. probably it's just not appealing when you see it fresh, but dehydrated, you're barely even going to see yeah, it. Yeah, you can't uh, tell worm right. powder from porcini, powder. right? And I'm then, sure. honestly, I've probably bought a lot of commercial dehydrated porcinis from Europe um, because they were on sale, and and you can if you really inspect them, they, they had worms in them when they were dehydrated from. So we're, t- we're talking worms. wild mushroom, we're talking foraging, which is wonderful. But not many people really have the, the, the time to really do that, to go and forage for mushroom and stuff. So if uh, you want to stay with a mushroom who's going to be very meaty and, you know, I would say, you know, flavorful or, and, and very uh, uh, versatile, what would you recommend as a mushroom that you can buy at the store? What would be, what would be a, a great mushroom? Well, if you're asking me, and I think you are, I mean, the, the, one of the things I think it's really important, and they teach this at the Mushroom Festival in Telluride, is be really careful with mushrooms in general. And the reason they say that is buy organic and, yes. only, and only organic. Yes. And the reason being is that this is an industry, according to the Mushroom Festival, according to um, a lot of the people that write the books, that the industry is not regulated. They can use whatever they want to make those things grow overnight. And it, often those things they're using are not things you want in your body. So if you go organic, you're at least saving yourself that. They also recommend that if you don't know if it's organic or not, cook it. Um, because eating raw pesticides or raw fertilizers is not a good thing. Um, so that's my number one thing yeah. is that. Yeah. I think with the mushrooms that are available in the grocery store are all good. I mean, as long as you know they're, they're not, that they are organic. Yeah, one, one company I recognize, recommend is Octo. I used to uh, do a lot of business with them in San Diego. Actually, they, they farm-raised the mushroom was about, about 15 minutes from my house, and it was 100% organic. They had the maitake mushroom. They had the um, hanchimeji. They had the beechwood mushrooms, uh, the king oyster mushrooms. But 
it was 100% organic. And, and I, visit, I went over there and visited, and, and it's very true. And it, they told me exactly what you just explained to everyone. Uh, you, you have to stay organic. Now, one great mushroom that I think that works out really well in many, many dishes is the portobello mushrooms. Portobello mushrooms, you can do so many different things with it. So um, if you take a portobello, what would you do as a preparation for, for a portobello cap? For a cap? Yeah. Well, I like grilled portobellos. That's really it, grilled, nice. grilled yeah. cap. And they grill up really nice. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot with them. Make a, just a sandwich out of grilled portobellos. And, and mentioning, go back to the organic, I've noticed that the organic mushrooms aren't that much more than the, nope. than the regular anymore. Organic is price-wise the... The price is uh, sometimes. Good. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. So, so when you're cooking, when the way I was doing is when I was cooking mushrooms, at my restaurant I was doing a uh, organic, local mushroom from Octo and a couple of the wild. But it was it would be always a very quick saute: butter, shallots, mushrooms, a little bit of uh, we use an old sherry wine. And a little bit of uh, uh, um, uh, veal stock, and it would be, uh, you know, shaved truffles, and that would be the uh, preparation. But uh, uh, there's one thing that I really like to do with mushrooms is a mushroom soup. I like to make the base in advance, and it means that there is no cream, nothing, just, you know, the pure mushroom puree. And then you make it now, you freeze it, and then, you know, in the wintertime, you can have an awesome mushroom you know forest mushroom bisque or, or soup it's really awesome what do you guys think yeah so going back to you know the seps that we got mm -hmm. the other day. yep so what i wound up doing with those i was, I was trying to decide is this uh maybe pizza and then but i just sliced them up cooked them in butter add some cream some heavy cream mm -hmm. uh and then just just put them in the blender just zapped them a little bit just yep. to cut them up not to puree them and then I just cooked off some penne pasta, tossed them with that. And pasta and mushrooms are just wonderful. Yeah. I think that the know. thing about mushrooms as a chef, and, and I think both of you would agree, is that like, you know, when you're having to do vegan, vegetarian dishes, it's always the biggest challenge. And, you know, I think in the past five or ten years, you know, the umami concept has come out, and, 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 and the mushroom it brings out that, that meaty, flavor yep. that you can get from the umami whether it be tamari and soy sauce which is another form of umami but the mushroom itself helps me so much when i have to do you know a four or five or six course dinner that's 100 percent vegan and you're really you know aching for that meaty beefy flavor that you just can't get from anything else and for me the mushroom is my savior when it comes to vegan food i agree I agree. It's very, very versatile. You can do so much with it. Yeah, I've even come yeah. up. So with, I've even made a demi glace out of mushroom stock. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, where I, I just based pretended they were veal bones, and I went from there, and it, it came out pretty good. Well, there's, there it's is there is kind of hard to screw up a good mushroom. <laughs> but we're we're yeah. talking about mushroom powder, and there is a lot of mushroom powder who is now uh, used for um, as a superfood, and they are using the powder into shakes. And this is really, this is, this is, a, there's a big rage about it. And it's very, very good for you. It's super, uh, super healthy. Yeah. Mushroom mm -hmm. powder is pretty versatile, you know. I mean, you just cook up some popcorn, butter, and throw some mushroom powder on it. And 
So yeah. there is one thing that I learned when I was a kid because we would go with the family uh, foraging for mushrooms is that you go with the kids but use the experience as a learning tool for them because there will be a lot of mushrooms who are poisonous. You have a lot of mushrooms who are very good. And then you have to teach them that when you don't know about a mushroom, you may harvest it, but don't mix it with the other mushrooms. You keep it separated. So, and then what we would do is we would go to the pharmacies, and the pharmacists would be the one who would say, this is a good one, this is a good one, this is a bad one. Oh, really? uh, oh, yeah, okay. that was in yeah. France. But I mean, it's just like, I'm sure that there is a bit the same thing over here where you're able to go, where would you go? So you know what, I'm not sure about that mushroom, but it looks really good, but I, I harvested, you know, I foraged so many mushrooms, and then I'm not 100% sure if they're all good. What would be a good resource for the person to go? Well, that's, that's, that's a good question, and I try to keep people, you know, cautious, but not freaked out, scared. Um, we're very fortunate in, in um, the Telluride area, and, and my guess is the Moab area, but I don't know Moab as well as I know the Telluride area, and that we don't have a tremendous amount of the kind of mushrooms that if you literally just touch them, you would get ill, or the kind of mushrooms that if you just mistakenly licked your finger after touching them, you would get ill. We don't have those kinds of mm -hmm. mushrooms here. And what I tell other people that are uncertain and they're novice mushroom pickers, but they just want to go out, and they're so afraid to pick the wrong mushroom is, don't be afraid to pick it, just be afraid to eat it mm -hmm. and bring it to me. And so I have, quite frankly, quite a few people that come to the back door of my kitchen and they'll bring a whole tray of mushrooms. And of course, the first thing I do is I scream at them for not cleaning them properly. And then the second thing I do is I sit there with a trash can and I go, not this, this, not this, this, this. Because our, we're fortunate in other areas of the country and other countries of the world, if those mushrooms did touch, you could actually get sick from mm -hmm. eating a chanterelle that touched the wrong mushroom. Yep. That, that, that is literally not the case in, in, in our area here. And I think we're very fortunate. You know, a lot of the um, toxic or, or the toxic reactions that the Telluride Med Center has had from people going out and picking has been um, from some of the, like the Amanita that they thought that, that they read somewhere that it was okay to eat them as long as, you know, they were careful. The other thing that the Med Center told me a lot about is that mushrooms in general, compared to a lot of other vegetables, they don't necessarily fully digest in your system. So because they don't necessarily fully digest in your system, if you were to sit down and eat five pounds of mushrooms, you might get sick just from chanterelles because it, it will it will upset your stomach to eat too many at once. And so like so many things, you know, um, you know, less is better sometimes when mm -hmm. you're cooking and you're eating a lot of mushrooms, even if you're absolutely certain they're edible, don't eat five pounds. I mean, you're going to get sick. Yeah. If you overdo it, that's good. That's well, good I know there's a, lot, there's a lot of mushroom books out there that you can reference to. But I noticed there's also apps you can get for your phone. Yes, you know, I was going to talk about that. Yeah, that yeah. will help you identify them. And the other thing is, like, if you're not 100% sure, just, you know, set it aside, you know, because it's not worth – it may not kill you, but it might make you sick. Yep. And so uh, – but there is, like you said, most – I mean, there's very few that aren't edible. So, but just be sure. So there is a lot of mushroom festival. I was just driving from Denver a couple of days ago, and I stopped by in Eagle. And uh, when the corner of my eye, I saw that they had a, uh, a mushroom festival coming up in the next two or three weeks as well. 
Can you tell us about the Mushroom Festival itself in Telluride? Because it's something that's been going on for exactly 41 years. I remember that because I looked at it yesterday. So it's a very, very old festival. But who is coming? How many species of mushrooms are brought up to that festival? And, and what does the festival entail? What, what is it exactly? So while we have about 20-plus <laughs> um, mushrooms that are edible, the festival is not, does not focus on edibles. They focus on all mushrooms. And that's what makes the Mushroom Festival so, so, so interesting. Um, and th- th- there's, there's, there are mushrooms that actually, put in the right environment, can create furniture. Um, there, um, there are mushrooms that are used to clean up oil spills. There are mushrooms that um, will actually help identify, you know, where development areas have been. And so the Mushroom Festival, while they have a, a tent that is up for almost four days, and all these mushrooms that the, the, four, the, the professionals go out and pick are brought down, and then there's identification tables. And there'll literally be, you know, as many as, you know, 20 banquet tables with mushrooms laid out all over the place with total identification with people who can talk to you about those mushrooms and, and ask answer any questions so that that the, the the tent the identification tent is is off the chart just by itself cool and it's free now that the festival and the they can take you out picking and that is that's that's where i learned so much was picking with the authors of the books and then they'll take me and like um i i went out um i think it was with um was it Paul Stamets or uh, no, it was Gary Lenkoff. And they helped me get to the point to where I could identify a Matsutake, which grows um, in uh, the, the Alta Lakes area by Telluride. And there was a toxic lookalike growing side by side. And they sat there and just drilled me with questions about, okay, which one's the edible? And they, they wouldn't tell me. I had to decide which one it was. Why is that the edible? Where is the toxic? I would pick that out. And so it's just an education. It's a true, true education. They also have some dinners. They have a, a parade, which is kind of silly, um, where people literally dress up as mushrooms. I don't participate in that. Um, well, I did once. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah, was there was say. a guy who was called the honey bear, and he was bad news because he had this honey, and in the honey, let's just say we're not the type of mushrooms that should have been legal or allowed, and there was there was some craziness going on in Telluride that day, including me. <laughs> it was embarrassing. He basically, uh, my, my, uh, this guy named Bill who was with him, I said, Why, what's up with the honey? He goes, try some, and I tried it, and he goes, goodbye, Chad. Oh, so you <laughs> did do the honey? I, I left. <laughs> Not physically, mentally. But, yes, oh, I was. Really? I checked out. Yes. No, so it no. was the. Uh, I think this is a, a, a <laughs> true experience. It's still a really great platform when you look at uh, if you go to the festival, and you're bringing the family, and uh, really to educate everyone, especially the kids. I think that's important. It's a, it's it's a great way to just go and look at all those mushrooms. You're talking to professionals, and we will tell you about the benefit of the of mushrooms of old mushrooms. And also what you can do uh, with, with all these mushrooms. I think that's, that's really, really cool. Because we hear more and more of the benefit of eating mushrooms. So I think this is a, this is a nice platform. So if you have, and if you hear about any mushroom festival, I think that you guys should check it out. I think that we go to a uh, to website and put, uh, um, especially Colorado has a lot of mushroom festivals. So you do, do, a, do a, a search and you will see that. There's, there's tons of it, and some of them are very small little towns, and it's really it's very unique. And sometimes it's a great way for everyone to discover it, to be the culture of that region, 
So it's a it's a neat way to uh, to get out of of Moab, for example, and and see something to be different. So Telluride is known for the mushroom festival, right? I mean, it, mushrooms are a big part of Telluride. They are. And, yeah. and how you've been in Telluride how long now? Twenty seven years. Twenty seven years. So. Yeah. So during that time, you've been doing a lot of mushroom hunting and getting into the mushroom. Have you noticed anything about, has has climate change affected the mushroom yet, the, as far as, you know, the amount or? Well, I, I, I can't, I'm not a scientist and I, I can't answer that question, other than, other than to say when we do have droughts and we don't get the rain, the beneficial rain that we need in May, June and July, we don't have mushrooms. We, we've had, um, you know, we've had probably in the 27 years I've lived there, I would say in the last 10, we had five years with virtually no mushrooms at all. Oh, wow. Um, and so when we don't get the rain and we are in a drought, uh, we absolutely must have the rain in June and July in order to have a mushroom season. So, yes, I mean, uh, I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a weather person, but... I know one thing: when there's no rain, there's no mushrooms. Well, that's yeah. You don't have to be yeah. a scientist yeah. to. But I mean, we are in a drought, and right. and, 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 and if we weren't in a drought, we would have mushrooms all the time. So, right. we were just talking earlier on about uh, mushroom at your restaurant. So, what are the uh, specialty right now that you have on your menu with the different mushrooms you're going on your uh, preparations uh, at Cosmo? And everybody, if you. Travel to Telluride, go to Cosmos, awesome restaurants, right by um, the gondolas. is just beautiful. Well, one thing that will put um, some people to ease that um, is, is kind of interesting is that not all states have a, um, a, an inspection system. Mm-hmm. We do. We have a, a legal inspection system where a inspector, his name is John Sir Jesse. He's also, he does a lot of foraging in the area. Um, and he's been licensed. I'm working on getting my license in the next year or two um, where we can actually certify that the mushrooms are, are in fact that mushroom. And so when mushrooms are on the menu and they say local, if they've gone through the system and they should all, and the health inspector does religiously go through our kitchens and say, where's your inspection ticket? Because we actually get a receipt saying that our mushrooms were inspected that day or the day before and how many pounds and where they came from so that they can identify in case somebody were to get ill, where did that mushroom actually come from? So I guess where I'm, I'm going with this is, is that a lot of people kind of are rogue and they, they don't necessarily have their mushrooms inspected. We do. And so that makes me feel good. Um, to answer your question, I, mushroom season, from, from my perspective, just started about five, six days ago um, in, 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 in earnest, meaning I can go out and pull in 10, 20, 30 pounds. Um, and so they just went on my menu. And so right now we have a mushroom manuloti with uh, chanterelles, and we have the porcini um, uh, soup tonight on our, on our menu. And um, so we made soup with porcinis. That's really cool. That's good. Is, is there any place in Telluride where uh, you can go and actually – purchase the local mushrooms yes and in, our in farmers markets, market yeah the and farmers. hopefully you know they've they've used the same inspection system the restaurant has but yes at the farmer's market often the there's a group of people that like to go out and pick mushrooms and um they sell them at the farmer's market yeah i would not be surprised that we will find some at our local farmer's market as well right i mean you know i have never seen it because i've been here for only a couple of years but uh with the rain that we are getting right now there's a lot of mushrooms coming up and, and we were only at about what eighty five hundred feet, nine thousand feet, something like this. So we we want to go 
next time to over that 10,000, like you were telling me, where you are able to really get the porcinis and, and the beautiful, uh, beautiful mushrooms. We have a call. Bonjour. What is your question, please? What mushroom would you recommend for stuffing the cap? Oh, gentlemen, what is your recommendation? Thank you for calling, sir. Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it'd be hard to stuff a chanterelle. They're so small. Um, so I wouldn't use that. I would say the porcini could definitely be done that way. Um, in our area, we, we actually grow shiitakes. Shiitakes are growing wild. And so that's another one that I would use. Yeah, and if you have morels, you can really stuff the oh, right. the, uh, the morel during the morel season. So I would, uh, what we were doing, for example, we take the morel, we stuff it with uh, goat cheese, a little bit of herbs, and then tempura. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. It will be crunchy, soft, and that goat cheese on the back. It's pretty sexy. It's really good. Really, really good stuff. So that would be for next year. But uh, your your uh, common mushrooms you find in the store, the, the portobellas are good. For oh, stuffing. yeah, for stuffing, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, w my family, my uh, grandmother would take portobello mushrooms, and she would stuff it with uh, 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 sausages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then sausages and tomatoes and onions and a little bit of blue cheese on top. Boom, it goes inside the, uh, inside the oven. It would be a little drizzle of uh, uh, balsamic syrup. It would be a, uh, arugula and uh, uh, olive oil. Oh, man, it was so good. But uh, what, we, what we were doing when I was at the restaurant, we would take the, the uh, creamy caps and we, would, and we would stuff it with uh, candied shallots, mango, blue cheese, and then we would bake it in the oven and then we would shave a little bit of truffle on top just before serving. And it was really amazing. It worked out really, really good. Even that it's a very odd combination, it was pretty cool. Right. So uh, you can have fun with your mushrooms. So you mentioned cheese. It's Chad, this is, uh, is there certain cheeses or certain mushrooms that just go together that you can think of? That I, I, I can't think of any that wouldn't go well with cheese. Right. Um, they, they do seem to go together. I mean, mushrooms and the cheese. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, we don't serve a lot of dairy in our, in our restaurant, but I, I like you with the, when you said you were cooking your mushrooms with heavy cream. It, cer <laughs> it certainly is good. And I, I, that's, I just couldn't resist with the mushrooms. I had a piece of cream. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, sometimes yeah. there's a time and, and a place and for cream, and I think that's right. one of those times. <laughs> a classic way to do uh, a preparation of mushrooms uh, in France would be um, chicken. So you roast your chicken, then you saute your mushrooms, whatever mushrooms they are, yeah, wild mushrooms or even porcinis, and then you can finish it with a little cream or you finish it with a little bit of uh, wine and butter. And that would be the sauce for the for the chicken. So it's 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 very versatile. You can do so many things. The other things that we were doing is we do a duxelle. So the duxelle means that you are pretty much grinding. You 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 are chopping your mushroom very 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 thin, and then after that you so you cook it. So you pretty much remove the water content into that mushroom, which gives a much better flavor. And then we would cool it down, and then we put it on top of salmon and you crust your salmon with the mushroom. And what was really bizarre and works amazingly well is you take that piece of salmon with the mushroom, mushroom crust on top of it and you put the crust in the saute pan, so you do a nonstick, and it will caramelize the mushrooms and then you flip the salmon and you bake it in the oven. It's really good, it's really, 
really awesome. And that's a, that's a, that's those are the things that you can do. I did a mushroom bread pudding. You can do you can do so much with mushrooms. You can really do a lot. Yeah, it seems to go well with game. Also, yeah. mushrooms and game seem to go. Yeah, I think together. that I think so. that yeah, there's a there's a recipe that is your recipe, which is a is that a buffalo meatloaf, for example. So what about right. if you do the buffalo meatloaf, maybe with a little bit of mushroom and stuff? That, that would right, be, you could absolutely uh, you could or a mushroom sauce mm-hmm, to well, put on it. Yeah, I mean, there's mushrooms go almost with anything well, really. Yeah, if you if you're a mushroom lover, I mean, it'd be hard to find something that you know you couldn't do with. I think that if you're not a mushroom lover, is because most likely you didn't really taste uh, the proper preparation of mushroom. And, if, and also, you may have taste a mushroom was really gamey. So I think that if you start with mushrooms, even just like, you know, those button mushrooms, organic button mushrooms, you start, or you start with the cremini, gives you a little bit of a flavor, and, and you can do it raw, and you can do it cooked. So I was doing, at the restaurant, we would do a carpaccio of uh, uh, cremini mushrooms on the plate. So cover the whole plate with it. And then we'll have a steak tartare right in the middle. And then you have the freshers around. Right. It's like, oh, man. So you have the crunch, and you have the mushroom, and then you have the steak tartare. It's like, oh, it was so good. So you can really play with it. Right. I remember my first exposure to exotic mushrooms, as you might say. It was when I first moved to California. I got a job in this kitchen, and, and the chef did this uh, salad and had uh, grilled chanterelles on it and my god mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i really fell on fell in love with the mushroom was because that was so, so good they just went well together and grilling chanterelles was good <laughs> so, so but yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's, it's really good it's I mean, endless what you can do with mushrooms yeah it's it's really yeah. it's it's amazing so, so uh back to the mushroom festival in telluride it, when, when is that so 17 of uh, this month of August. So that's yeah. a yeah, it's coming up a long weeks. weekend. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing is, uh, uh, apparently, um, uh, Chad is always looking for someone to uh, come and help him to forage. So you know, maybe hey. you and I can go over there. And I think he just wants someone to just carry his mushrooms. That's <laughs> basically it. Yeah. Clean them. Bonjour, yeah. bonjour. Clean Welcome em. to the show. And Are what is your question? Going to help spam. Can you please repeat the question, sir? You really think that mushrooms are good with everything? Will they help spam? Spam, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. What, what doesn't help spam? spam? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, spam. Other than spam. <laughs> well, you know, if you were in Hawaii, you would probably argue. Uh, yeah. I know. You know what I'm you not do? from Hawaii. I, I, so. Okay, wait, wait. I, I, I think I know what you do. You would do caramelized pineapple. You will have your spam, and you would have shiitake mushroom. Shiitake would work. You're would right. work very well because it's really aromatic. So there you go. Shiitake it is. You know, there's I will a help soy sauce in there. there is one more mushroom yeah. I haven't brought up yet, but they, they grow in, in, in not abundance in Telluride, but I, I've had to struggle with six-course dinners for these mushroom festivals. Mm-hmm. And so come dessert time, I didn't know what to do. And then I found the Sweet Club, which is the common name for the, a mushroom that it looks like a club. It's um, Actually, I have a picture on the phone. I can't show it on the radio. But, <laughs> um, and it's a club, and it's the same color as the Chanterelle. And the way you identify it is you just grab a tiny piece and put it in your mouth, and it's sweet. And, I, uh, so and so they, they literally are sweet. They're, they're almost as sweet as sugar. So what wow. do you do with it? 
Well, we serve them as dessert. We but like them. raw? But I'm or? thinking maybe with the Spam because it's sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I want to go back to your dessert. Thank okay. you for calling. Spam. <laughs> I love it. But tell me, tell me more about this, this, this uh, mushroom. So how would you do it, it, like... It's about the si- half the size of your pinky. Yeah. And they grow in abundance. And I keep wanting to grab my phone, but I know on the radio <laughs> you're not going to see it. Um, but they're growing now, yeah. and um, they're, they, 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 they look like a... So there's, there's several coral mushrooms, that, like the yellow coral and the, um, the fairy fingers that I showed you earlier. Mm-hmm. And they, so they look a lot like the fairy finger, except they're as yellow as a chanterelle. And when you bite them, they're sweet. And so you, we would literally put them on the dessert raw with like some ice cream. And, and oh, okay. it was interesting to, because, you know, when you're trying to do six courses with a mushroom on every single course... That w- that helped me get through that. You know what, event. I, th- you know what yeah. I think would would work with that if you have like those peaches from Palisades, for example. Mm-hmm. We just had those at the house last mm-hmm. night. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of visualizing it. Maybe some uh, some beautiful mint and uh, um, s- like a, a really nutty uh, syrup that would be really cool with it. Yeah, that's good. That's, this is why when you are cooking, remember always experiment with your recipe. So if you find a recipe um, in a book or uh, on the web, just make sure you, f- you do that recipe once and then start making some variation of what you really like and those will become your recipe and it really works out real well. And uh, yeah, have fun with your, with, your, uh, with your mushrooms. Mushrooms, how long can you keep them? So, so the mushroom that you buy at the store, what is the shelf life on the mushroom? It's about like three days, four days, five days. and Because remember, it's a very high water it's, content. Well, Chad's probably more better to answer that. But the first thing you want to do is you don't want to, like said, put them in plastic. You want them to breathe and be, dr- and be dry. Uh, right. So avoid so, moisture. Right. So a lot of the mushrooms you might purchase do come with plastic on them because that's the FDA requires that. So mm-hmm. as soon as you get them to your house, break the plastic open. We get a lot of the clamshell mushrooms. A lot of the Asian Asian cultivated mushrooms come because they come from other countries since they have to come plastic. But And they're actually growing in that plastic, which those mushrooms are going to last almost indefinitely in your refrigerator if you just take the plastic off. Um, but really, really important that no matter what the mushroom is it's i personally think it's best to leave your mushrooms unwrapped in your refrigerator and a lot of people are reluctant to do that but in some cases that's the better way to store it so uh, everybody if you uh, have a lot of mushrooms and you're keeping some mushrooms um for the holiday season i would recommend that you do a really nice stuffing or i would say um uh, a really nice side dish with wild mushroom for Thanksgiving, for example, I was doing that. I was doing a, 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 a really cool wild mushroom bread pudding. So those really keep very, very well. And as you're cooking it, you're able to celebrate that, uh, that summer, that fall, that winter, that holiday. And I think that's really, really cool. So that's what I, I like to do with And the mushroom soup, so good. Oh, man. Okay, I got another question for you, Chad. Uh, wine. Is there certain types of wine that go better th- with mushrooms? Or does it depend on the mushroom? I, th- I think it also depends on the person. But I think, quite frankly, all all wine, there is there isn't a wine <laughs> that is great is fantastic with mushrooms. I think you have to be careful when you're cooking with mushrooms with wine not to use too much, because um, sometimes so certain every year, and you would know this from picking mushrooms yourself. Certain years the chanterelle might be very very mild in flavor, and then other years, especially on the um, this year, 
We just had some last night. Mm -hmm. Very strong. Very, very strong. So on the stronger years, when the mushroom tastes really, really strong, I use less wine. And the, and the, because it will actually accentuate that bitterness or or the strength and flavor of the chanterelle. But it's always good not to assume that the one-year chanterelle tastes the same as the next year's chanterelle. Because so they taste different, in my opinion, every year, including the porcini as well. So I'm going to give you what I'm thinking. A chanterelle would be good with a nice chardonnay. Mm-hmm. A morel would be good with a beautiful Pinot Noir. I agree. Uh, then a um, porcini would be very good with, uh, um, you know, if you can do a, a little Madeira, for example, would be very good with it. Mm-hmm. But if you do a Garnacha, like we had last night, which is a, a, a really nice uh, full body, but on the light side, which is his old vine Garnacha, that would be very, very good with it. And then if you do a mixture of mushrooms... And you you know it's like a, like a casserole, then I will go with with a nice uh, meritage and a nice uh, uh, cabernet. But I mean, it, you know, it really works out and works well with some of the white wine as well. A viognier, for example, would be very good with some preparation of uh, of chanterelles as well. I, I did a dinner that was specific to mushrooms with wine on every course, and we used only Rhones, and it came that, out fantastic. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so you yeah. have Grenache. Yeah. You have Mauvert and you have all those, yeah. That, that would make sense. But there's another thing we want to remember. Medium red. Medium red. Yeah. Oh, or rose bubbles. <laughs> a nice well, rose yeah. champagne. I got to tell you, I mean, you know, they would be just so good with it. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really cool. Mother Nature really have this available for all of us to go and get out of the house and really go in the mountain, bring the family. You're able to have some fresh air to forage some awesome mushroom, to educate the family, and to really enjoy what uh, uh, the season has to offer, which is gorgeous mushrooms. And then if you don't want to do that, just go see Chad. He has right. it as his restaurant in Telluride. It's only yes. three hours away. That, and it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> drive, by the way. It's, it's only an awesome hour and drive. a half from my house. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, very, that's very true. That's very true. And I got to tell you, so the story, we went in, my wife and I, for our anniversary dinners, food was incredible and everything, and I sprayed for a nice rosé champagne, I thought, man, you know, this, this wine is not what I expected, it's just not as good, and I realized, dang it. I have COVID. Oh, no. <laughs> and you don't drink wine when you have COVID. You don't buy an expensive bottle of wine when you've got COVID because you're just wasting your money. <sighs> yeah. No, so you can, so that's, that's very true. Yeah. So that's I'll very, have very to return true. when I, so. So there is, a, there is mushroom all over the world. When you travel in, the, in different countries, my recommendation also is to go to a local farmer's market because if you go to Italy, you will see all the different mushroom we have. If you go to Asia and you go to do like Chinese market or, or Japanese market, even Thai market, you will see that those are locally harvested as well. Uh, I mean, uh, picked. Um, and uh, you, you're able to really taste the mushroom preparation from all those different cultures. And they are all, you know, tailored to that culture, which is really neat. Um, you know, you look at uh, when I was in, uh, in Taiwan, they had some, that, what they call it, black mushrooms. So it's a black fungus mushroom. It's, it grows on trees over there, and it's organic, organic as well, and they make, they make the little dim sum of it. And it was really good. They served, they served it with uh, black garlic molasses, and I was, that was really, really awesome. It was just very, very different. But that's what we do, you know. That's, uh, 
what you should do when you travel. Right. And that's what I recommend for everyone to do. When right. you get it. And if you get a chance, try foraging, you know. Foraging just is awesome. Start out, you know, just with what you know. Yep. And then the thing would be to do is go to, like, the, the festival and learn quickly and, you know, how to do it, where to go. So one thing that I will, I will say that I will remember uh, from really this in this awesome conversation, dehydrating. Dehydrating really looks like it's really something that everybody should pay attention because you will be able to, uh, to really get the, uh, and extract the best flavor of that mushrooms for today, tomorrow, or in the future. Awesome. All right. That sounds very good. Are we ready to wrap things up here? Chad, thank you very much. Oh, for thank you for having me. I really Chagrin. enjoyed this. Thank it's, you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope uh, everyone is uh, enthralled into going out and uh, try, try mushrooming. Yeah, the other, thing, the other thing I want to say, hey, we got only like a few calls. So in the future, everybody, remember, you need to call us at... Uh, Four three five two five nine five nine six eight. Do me a favor. Make sure you put this into your phone. KZMU four three five two five nine five nine six eight. It's it's it, we're we're here for you. We want to take you on the journey. We want to help you to have a great time at your home and to really keep on cooking. And you can ask questions ahead of time. Yeah, like, uh, like we on just the added. email. Yep. So tell the email address. Uh, this is the Buck and Bernie uh, at uh, gmail.com. Voila. There you go. That's so it. So just go ahead and shoot us an email with any questions or comments or suggestions. So Yeah, Chad, thank you for coming in. I mean, it's, it, really, yeah. it really means the world to our audience, to us, to be able to have someone who is an aficionado who really have a passion for mushrooms. And you are, you're just an amazing person, an amazing chef. And your restaurant is really, really cool. So... I uh, look forward to uh, visit you over there very, very soon with, uh, with the family, with the baby. Maybe we'll feed him some mushrooms. Ha! Life is delicious. Keep on mushrooming. Thanks again for joining us at the Buck and Bernie Show. We'll see you again on the next first Monday of the month. Chef's Adventures with Buck and Bernie airs on the first Monday of every month at 4 p.m. Head to kzme.org for archives and recipes.